Now Probert, oh, Probert's Probert's got the right, the right hand free. He's loose with the right hand, and he starts to retaliate, and down goes Nyland, and the two of them are hammering each other. Knights of Columbus, that hurts. It's old time market. Enforcer of all hockey podcasts. It's the biscuit. It's the biscuit. The enforcer of all hockey podcasts. God help the fucking day if fighting's ever banned. There's a country will stop working on some Batman's fucking candle. Hi everybody. It's the biscuit podcast. Hey, you wanna go? Yeah, okay. All right, Biscuit Babies, I'm here with Giles Farrell of uh, Zone Coverage, a writer for Zone Coverage, and a the co-host of Giles and the uh, Goalie, also a Jersey critic, so I'm excited to talk sweaters here with you a little bit, too. How you doing, Giles? Doing all right. How about yourself? Doing great, man. Getting to talk hockey with my friends, and I uh, got, a, got a preseason game tonight, too, so I'm I'm doing very good. Yeah, definitely. It doesn't feel like it's about time for preseason hockey, but no complaints here. That means it's uh, it's a great time of the year. That's right. It does feel kind of odd, but uh, I'm I'm glad. You know, I was getting notifications on my cell phone, and I was holy shit! It's it's it finally happened. I made it through the summer. Yeah, I completely forgot there was a, a wild preseason game last night. So I already made plans, and all I was able to catch of it was the uh, the shootout. Unfortunately. Uh, so they did not fare well in the shootout last night. They did actually. They they beat the Jets in the in the shootout, which was which was kind of unexpected. The Jets had tossed out their uh, basically their A squad in the Wild were putting out a, more of a minor league team, and somehow the Wild ended up winning in the the shootout. Oh yeah, I saw Patrick Liney played last night, didn't he? For um, Winnipeg, was, I think it was Liney Wheeler and. I forget who the third shooter was, but they—it uh, was essentially their uh, their A team, maybe uh, without a few players in there. Damn, who you guys were rolling some of the younger guys to get looks at them then? Yeah, I think the only regulars that played were, I think, basically Charlie Coyle and you know, Mike Riley, if you'd even consider him a regular. Right. Well, hey, man, that's good to win when you got the, uh, you know, like you said, the B squad out there. That's always that's always a good sign. Uh, last season, 49-25-8, uh, losing the playoffs again seems to be a common theme. I was bummed out when they lost in the playoffs, man. What do you think happened? Well, I mean, you definitely were not the, uh, the only one that had – it took uh, Minnesota at least a good good while to get over that that playoff loss, and it was just one of those things where Jake Allen absolutely robbed the Wild in Game One, and you know it seemingly became a mental thing for this team, and they just could never seemingly get over it. And you know Jake Allen ended up stealing the the entire series for St. Louis. And yeah. Unfortunately, that's also a recurring theme of the Minnesota Wild franchise is they make, you know, an otherwise average or below average goaltender look otherworldly. <laughs> That's not a good thing, huh? No, but unfortunately it's also something, you know, at least I have come to accept. So 
you see a team starting their backup goalie and you know you you just go well I'm gonna put money down on us getting shut out tonight yeah you, you see the backup coming you go well we just made this guy's career here he comes there's a there's a reason Roberto Luongo never plays the Minnesota Wild anymore. <laughs> so you lose some key parts on this team. Uh, Palmerville leaving, Scandella. Uh, for that was the in the Felino trade, wasn't it? Yep. Then both one of the uh, the Felino trade, and then Tyler Ennis came back as well. Tyler Ennis, and then uh, Hula and Hansel and Kemper are all gone. Those are a lot of guys to lose, man. Yeah, I think. You know, the it's debatable which is kind of the biggest the biggest loss. I personally myself I wasn't the biggest fan of, of Marco Scandella. He did not have a an overly great last couple of years here and hopefully a fresh start does him well. But you know, for me right now I think the the key guy that has to be replaced is Eric Kala, who they they lost in the expansion draft. A hundred percent. He was their third line center, and and when he was really going, he was you know a key cog in in the machine here. And right now, it looks like Jewel Erickson Eck and, and Matt Cullen are going to be the the guys that competing to take his spot. And you know, if none of those work out, it might be Charlie Coyle to, to slide down the third line center. But you know, there's no definitive replacement for him right now, and. That that's the biggest one of the bigger keys heading into training camp here is who's going to take that spot. Yeah, that's why I'm looking at daily faceoff, and they have Koivu at the third center, and that, that's not a real thing, is it? No, I I haven't looked at daily faceoff yet, but I imagine the top two centers in the start of the year are going to be Koivu and Eric Stahl, and I believe right now Jewel Eriksson X is going to be the, the third-line center, at least to open the preseasons. Bruce Boudreau has been raving about his game here early in training camp. Now, the good thing about the Palmerville and Scandella trade is it did open up some money for you guys to re-sign uh, Nita Ryer and Grunland, which had to happen for this team to move forward and be successful those are two guys you definitely did not want to lose. No, both both definitely were, were huge components of the, the Minnesota Wild last year. And Mikhail Granlin led the team with 69 points. And he really finally took that step forward that you know, everyone had been waiting for him to do. It had taken him maybe a few years longer than what was expected. But he definitely flourished in the first year under Bruce Boudreau. And the same goes for Nino Niederreiter. He is at a career high in points. I believe he had 57 last year, and he really did it in more of a third-line role. And once they signed Niederreiter to his new five-year deal, you know, they said that, hey, we're going to give him more ice time now. He's making the big bucks, so we're going to pay him like he makes the big bucks. And you know, if he can continue to produce like he has, you definitely can put him down for 30 goals and 60 points every year. Yeah, and and why not? These guys are going to be happy. They got money that they wanted. They're uh, in a situation they probably wanted to stay in, a competitive team. And, uh, you know, Grunlin going forward and Niederreiter too, um, now the trick is to stay at that pace that they set for themselves last season, to keep at that mark and keep pushing it forward. Um, But they're going to be two players uh, to look out for on this team for me. Um, when I go up and down the lineup, those are the two guys that really stand out. Obviously, you have you know Parisi and Stahl, and 
the the ever the ever uh, steady Jason Zucker, who just no one ever scores when he's on the ice. That dude is his plus minus is retarded. Yeah, I think the Wild had five guys with some ridiculous plus minuses last year of like at least. 25 or more I believe and I think Zucker was the one who was leading the, the bunch and you know he definitely is going to be another key component to the, the Wild this year and it's it's a contract year for him so I definitely expect him to, to have a big year because that seems to be Minnesota's luck where they might be able to get a guy in a reasonable contract going into a, a big year and then he puts up huge numbers and then it just drives up his uh, contract price. Yeah, the power play unit for Minnesota, and uh, they're scoring what top ten in the leagues of last year. And that first power play unit um, it only gets better. You know, with Niederreiter getting the confidence that he needed, and and he's going to get more ice time, so it's only going to develop his game further. So, I am, I am weary and worried though about this team because uh, the central with with Dallas doing what they did this season is going to be a tough, it's going to be a tough time to, to figure out those top three spots. Yeah, actually this week on uh, zone coverage, I'm doing a preview of all the, the central division teams and you're just kind of looking through and, you know, Dallas didn't make the playoffs last year and with their moves they made this summer, they're definitely going to factor back into the playoff picture and, Winnipeg is a young team on the rise, and you'd like to think that they're finally going to take that step forward this year. So really, you've got six teams in the Central that are going to be competing for playoff spots, and unfortunately, there's going to be one team at least left out. And in the wild sake, they hope they've left enough of this team that was second best in the West last year together that they can get back in again this year. And with how with how tough the uh, Pacific seems to be, you know, they could cover both wild card spots. It's, it wouldn't be out of control for that to happen. So it, it seems, you know, top three or bust if you're a central team. Um, I know Chicago, uh, I had my, my buddy um, from the Puck and Hostile podcast on here, and he's not so sold on what they have going there in Chicago. So that is, you know, good news for Minnesota and St. Louis. And uh, with Winnipeg, when you have Steve Mason in your net, you always have to be worried. So I I hear a lot and I've been reading a lot, you know, people picking Minnesota to, to not make the playoffs. What What is your take on this team and uh, what do you think is going to happen with these boys? Well, with, uh, with some new faces coming in this year, definitely a little bit of intrigue as to, to what kind of team we're going to see out of the gates. But, you know, they, they did a, a pretty decent job of keeping their – their main components together. So I think they're definitely going to be a playoff team this year. It just remains to be seen as to how or where they'll finish in the, in the playoff picture. And they definitely could be a, a division winning team. It just, it just kind of some of the, the other components, like having a good backup goaltender, not having a slump every spring. Yeah. You know, these, these are, two of the bigger factors that they need to clear to be the, the central division winners. And uh, Bruce has got to start winning some playoff games, man. Yeah, that is, that is the one thing that unfortunately hangs over his head and every like now two, 
training camps in a row, he's opened with joking about his his playoff performances, and he seemed to take the the St. Louis one pretty hard from from what I've been reading in the in the papers and whatnot. But you hope that at some point something clicks and he finally gets that long playoff run that has eluded him all these years yeah uh i mean probably not a funny joke to mess to many people in minnesota too uh you know the state of hockey is ready for a, a stanley cup so it, it, he's it, he seems to always do very very well in the regular season you know always right up there with one of the best you know he always rolls with one of the best teams in the league and then something happens to that man and i mean it's not all his fault too i mean the at the end of the day, the players are out on the ice, not Bruce Boudreaux. So, you know, but maybe he just doesn't have that that leadership, or you know, maybe they just caught a bad hand, you know, all the time when he comes to the playoffs. Right, you kind of think, oh, how many more bad hands in the playoffs can you get? <laughs> right. Eventually, it's got to go up. You know, uh, I've been also reading a lot about this Joel Eriksson-Eck kid. What, what's your take on him? He projects to be, you know, one of their centers in the top six for for the long term. He was their first round pick from the, the twenty fifteen draft. He's a he's a good two way center. He he's very solid in the defensive zone, and he as he flashed at some points last year for Minnesota. He's got some good skills in the offensive zone, and he had a really good summer. And he was in the prospect tournament uh, last week and he had a really good tournament like i said boudreaux has really been raving about him early on in camp so you would like to assume that coming out of camp he's gonna slot in as their their third line center and he's gonna get every chance to be that third line center and you know come playoff time if minnesota is in there i like the uh, pickup of kyle quincy i was uh Surprise last year in, in Columbus when you know it comes playoff time and we're playing Pittsburgh. You know, a few weeks earlier had picked up Kyle Quincy, and you know, essentially he was the only only man on the on the roster that had any sort of you know deep playoff experience. You know, with his time in Detroit, you know him and Brandon Sod, and you know he was left off the roster for whatever reason. But I uh, I look forward to him, you know, being on this on this defense and helping out. Not a, I mean, not a young defense, but not deep into the playoffs uh, experience-wise for these guys. And you know, I mean, Matthew Dumba's what? He's a very young guy still. It, been in the league, but he's probably what twenty-five. I think Dumba is just twenty-three years old, I believe. And he had a hell of a season last year, and he seems to progress every year. He's getting better and better. And I, uh, they'll have that. Uh, I don't know what it's called. But NHL Network will play it where they follow the uh, Minnesota Wild players around. I'm sure it's on your local TV oh, yeah. there. It's uh, becoming wild. Yes, that's exactly what it is. And from last year when they played with him, that dude works his ass off, man. He's in the fucking gym eating weird shit to stay healthy. Uh, and it seems to be working for him. His game has gotten way better you know, in the, in the short time that he's been there. Yeah, every year he, he comes back and he, he gets better. And, you know, the last two summers he's been uh, kind of the subject of maybe trade rumors as the Wild maybe try to acquire a, a younger forward who can uh, kind of be a, a playmaker that they really need. But they've held on to him and 
you know, rightly so. He's been proving them right, and hopefully again this year he'll take another step forward and kind of put up uh, put up a lot more points. You know, last year, it's kind of hard to believe, but he had like 35 points, I believe, which was 10th best by a defenseman in wild history, and he did that at the age of, of 23. So really the sky continues to be the limit for him. And I, what I liked about his game last year is he kind of, you know, grew some hair on his nuts a little bit. He he got a little tougher. He wasn't taking people's shit as much as I had seen him in the past. Um, I don't know if that's just from being in the league and getting that experience and not wanting to take it or if that weight training he's doing has his confidence up a little bit. But I like to see that from him. And I was worried, you know, during the expansion draft, I had heard a lot of talk of him being exposed. And I, I like... I like him being in Minnesota. I think it's a good fit for him and the team. And they're going to have to keep some young defensemen here because, you know, these other guys aren't, aren't young. They're, they're, they're not spring chickens, you know? Right. They, uh, they got Dumba and they got a couple guys who are competing for, you know, a roster spot this year. Mike Riley, as I mentioned before, and they've got, uh, Gustav Olofsson. Uh, they're both going to kind of, aim to be on that third pair with with Quincy and you know so there there's definitely a little bit of youth there at, at defense but you know like you said these uh, these guys are getting up there in age I think Brian Suter's now 32 33 and I think Jared Spurgeon's hitting his peak years of like 27 28 yep and now I yeah, uh, I like I like there. Gustav Olsen a lot now do you think he can actually crack in there and make that sixth spot I'd like to see him get some time yeah, I, I've definitely been a fan of his. Uh, he kind of projects to be kind of a, a second coming of Jonas Brodin, uh, the other defenseman on the Wild roster, um, which is kind of why I thought maybe Jonas Brodin was someone they were going to make really expendable this past summer because you essentially got the same player. You might as well get rid of the more expensive one. But they they held on to, to Brodin and they have Olofsson, so they, their game is very comparable um maybe with Olafson having slightly more offensive skills than, than Brodin does now I think push come to shove when it gets down to playoff time a lot of this is gonna be on the shoulders of uh Mr. Dubnik if he plays the way he did last year you know he could take this whole team by himself to the playoffs he was lights out and uh, kind of reborn in Minnesota. Another guy from that uh, television series who just working so hard to be better, and it, it it was nice to see it pay off for him. You know, he really had a breakout year, and for all intents, it, there's no reason he can't do that again. Um, but if he doesn't, there's big issues in Minnesota. Yeah, he's he's been a rock ever since the Wild acquired him, and. You know, really, you can't ask for much more than what what he's given Minnesota. You know, my only concern with him is finally getting him some a few more nights off during the year. Right. Every, every year, seemingly, the Wild have had to just play him nonstop from February to the end of the year because they've had no confidence in their backup, which was Darcy Kemper. But now they have a couple of guys competing for that job this year. So the hope is is that. You know, they can get a backup in there who can spot him a few more nights off down the stretch, and Bruce Boudreau can sleep all easier at night knowing <laughs> he turned to his backup goalie. Now, who do you see 
making the backup goalie. The only one on my radar is Svedberg, uh, so I don't know any of the uh, the younger cats or the dudes coming up that could be the backup. But uh, it uh, it's either going to be Svedberg or Alex Stalak, the former Sharks goalie. Um, Stalak was with Minnesota last year on their AHL team. He got a couple of spot starts in late March when Dubnik needed a night off, and he he fared pretty well. So it earned him a new contract this year and arguably a spot on the on the roster. Now, I, with Dubnik, I think one of these guys is going to have to step up and play some of those games because you do talk about that dip they take. And you had to have him coming in if playoff times is a thing, you know, fresh and ready to play and ready to really get out of that first series and get this team – and the state of Minnesota, what they deserve, and that's you know at least a shot at the cup. You know, um, it's the state of hockey. Yeah, yeah, that is that's basically the what's expected of this team right now. Is you know the whatever happens in the regular season happens as long as they get into the playoffs, great. And then it really this team is going to be judged on on how they do in the playoffs, right? So they can, a deep, meaningful run, and the season will be viewed as a as a success. But if they you know, go out in the first round again, then they'll be viewed as a as a failure again. Yeah, it, they've gotten to a point where making the playoffs is expected. Now it's time to start winning, and that's a, a a rough spot to be in as a team because making the playoffs isn't you know easy peasy. It's a hard thing to do that alone. But then you know you start making it and losing the first round every year. People get spoiled by it, and then. Now you're you're talking. What do you do there? You know, you had to restart this whole team, which is full of talent. But you know, something's got to give here. Something has to happen with this group of guys that they have right now. That's their motto this year. Good is not good enough. The players got all shirts and hats with this on it, and basically, it's all on them finding that next next level in the playoffs which is, again, what they're just going to be judged on this year. Uh, the I saw um, it was a promotion, a marketing thing for Minnesota where people can bring in their water to put it in the Zamboni, and they make the ice there in Minnesota actually uh, people's pond water and stuff. Man, that's one of the coolest things I've ever, ever seen. Uh, did you happen to get a chance to take any of your water there? I did not. Um, I had some going on that day where they they collected it. It was actually this past Saturday, um, but yeah, definitely something that that everyone uh, in Minnesota really loved. You know, bring different you know lake or pond water from wherever they they skate or whatnot, or water that was just meaningful to them in whatever way, and they uh, they dumped it into the collection bin, and they're gonna filter it and use it on the ice for i believe a game or two if i'm not mistaken but yeah definitely a a neat promotion there from the wild now is this the first year they've done that yep yep this is their their first year of it part of their our ice campaign sorry about that noise coming in my sister-in-law is trying to get a hold of my wife and she's not getting the hint (laughs) and then also i have to you know I asked for a cup of coffee and my wife brought it out to me and she's a Red Wings fan and she brought it out in a Detroit Red Wings mug. So, um, she'll be sleeping outside tonight. That's for sure. (laughs) Uh, all right, bud. 
what is your prediction for this Minnesota Wild team? Well, I've been I've been trying to wrestle with you know how the Wild can fare for a couple of weeks now, getting back into the swing of things with the, the hockey season upon us, and you know, arguably the Western Conference is just a a big crapshoot. There's no there's no team that that can or that really stands out so far as like you know here's the leader of the pack and you know here's the the rest. So there's definitely a door open for the Wild to you know to take that next step. You know maybe win the division and, and make a long playoff run. And really for some of these older guys, this is really probably going to be their last like meaningful kick at that can. So they have to make it count this year. I and, agree. You know, for Bruce Boudreaux, a guy who can hardly seemingly get out of the first round of the playoffs, you know, that's also maybe one of his last kicks at that can. Yeah, so, it, it uh, might be good night, surely, if he doesn't uh, do something this year. Right. Also for the, the general manager, Chuck Fletcher, who's been kind of on the hot seat the last two off seasons, and he's been given another chance. And, you know, Wild go one and out again, you know, arguably his job is is on the line. So I'd, you'd like to hope that the the Wild could make a, make a long run, and they definitely have the talent for it still. I would like to see him go far, just so I can see Bruce Boudreaux's face when he actually can win some playoff games. I just want to see how happy he gets and how red he gets. Yeah, it definitely better than a, a red, angry Matt Bruce Boudreaux every <laughs> Man, he can get like... A, a, it's Bruce Boudreaux red. It's a different color of its own, man. Yeah, I think at one point last year I had to check to make sure my TV was out of <laughs> color because his face got such a weird shape. Oh, holy shit. That's classic, dude. That's funny as shit. You have to pick three stars for this upcoming team, man. Who do you got? Give me your, your top three players for this, this upcoming season, Minnesota Wild. Uh, this year, I'm a I'm a big I'm a big Niederreiter guy. I, I think finally he's going to get the, the minutes, and he's gonna he's gonna reward the team for it. So I think he's going to be uh, their. I guess I'll put him as their number two star. Okay. Their number one star is obviously going to be Devin Dubnik, and if he can get the nights off and that he needs, you know, he's going to be you know that all star caliber goalie that he was through February last year. Yeah, and. That, exactly what they need from him and then my third star i'm gonna kind of fly under the radar a little bit i'm gonna go with with jason zucker it's a contract year for him he was definitely a key component of the team last year and i think he could flirt with that 30 goal mark in minnesota's top six this year and he seems to do it quietly too for he's always right up there in the numbers and uh you don't hear a lot of talk about him so like you said being a contract year, he might you know go more balls out than usual and that that wouldn't surprise me at all to see him at that 30 mark man someone's got to yeah and eventually somebody on this team is going to score 30 goals yeah it's, it's got to happen it's inevitable right yeah yeah now as I, i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you um as a jersey critic what do you think of the uh, adidas sweaters coming in for this season what's your take on them i and Obviously, like it's all in like what team did what, but I'm I'm still kind of like in the middle here. Like I think there were some decent changes, but I think like the one big drawback for me, at least, 
with the Adidas sweaters as the the collars. There's just a way too many weird collars out there, and just the colors that are being used. Like, I think my the best example that I have is, is Chicago, a team, a jersey that's you know arguably one of the best in the history of hockey. Right. And the collar on their new, I believe it's the home jersey. It just it kind of makes you go. That is not a great look on that jersey. It's something I never truly thought I could say. Now, yeah, that's a you know it's a classic sweater, and I, I hear a lot of Chicago fans really pissed about the collar of, uh, really, really pissed about it. You know where they they don't want it. Yeah, I fortunately Minnesota's collar is uh, is is all right, so I, I don't have to worry about it, but. Yeah, if I'm a Blackhawks fan, I'm loading up on all the old jerseys on sale right now as much as I possibly can. <laughs> I'm not buying the new one for a while. Now, did Minnesota go with the script Minnesota across the sweater, or did they go with the uh, the Wildcat? Yeah, they went with the, the Bearhead, if you will, as the, the home jersey. And they kind of took a page out of the new Florida Panthers jersey where they have a, a stripe going across the front with the yes. vest. Um, I, I did like that part of their, their new sweater. I do remember that now. Um, what, I think it's a, it's a solid look. I was, I was a huge fan of the, the greens they've worn previously in the last seven years, um, maybe without that, that shoulder pipe. But that green was a pretty good look. But, again, Minnesota – Going with the green home, it's it's always a safe bet to go with Green as your primary home jersey. So definitely no complaints there. For sure, uh, it is sad to see the third jerseys go too because Minnesota had a, a badass alternate jersey with the script on there. Um, but what are you going to do? This is this is what happened. There's nothing we can do about it going forward. Right. Unfortunately, it sounds like we're gonna we're gonna get those back uh, next year. So. It, something to look forward to well yeah they're gonna they're gonna need to sell more jerseys next year after everybody pays three hundred dollars for them this year yeah that was probably my other biggest complaint about the switch to adidas was the uh, the sharp spike and uh, price of the jerseys breaks my heart man i mean because i'm gonna buy one but i would rather you know spend 200 uh than 300 it's a lot of money for a sweater man yeah, I uh, I told my girlfriend the other day, I said, you know, I'm going to buy one, but I probably have to take an extra couple weeks before I can actually buy it. It's, yeah, you got to set up for that. Yeah, I sat down and said, all right, wife, kids, let's all pitch in, and daddy wants this sweater, so we're <laughs> I just asked for one, one thing, one all year, that's it. <laughs> yep. uh, guys, dude, this has been a blast, man. I appreciate you coming on, man, and uh, tell the tell the. Biscuit Babies, where to find you? Um, you can find me on uh, Twitter at Giles Farrell. Um, and then you can find me on my podcast, uh, Giles and the Goalie. Um, you can find it on iTunes. And then my uh, my written works now can be found at zonecoverage.com slash wild. Hell yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on, dude. And uh, good luck with the podcast and everything, bud. Hey, thanks for having me on, and uh, best of luck to you. Yeah, party on. There he was. Giles. Giles, you guys know my fucking brain is what it is. I try.
Some things I just can't say. Fuck you. That's what I have to say. Can you hear that? Was that enunciated correctly? I'm not doing any reads on this one. Fuck you guys. Freedom. Hockey. Bye, biscuit.